welcome to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? And we give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps, and I'm here virtually with... Elizabeth Helley. And... Social distancing Tyler Hymanson. Yeah, get away from me! Yeah. Six miles away, six it's miles the, apart. It's the opposite of Scorpions <laughs> get over here. It's get away from here. Get I don't even think you guys are six miles apart. No, we're not. I was just joking. <laughs> <laughs> he basically lives next door. I probably barely am six miles away from you. Yeah, I, I don't think you are. Probably either, not yeah. even. Probably not even. Yeah. Well, we're back. Uh, another. Yeah. Like Tyler said, social distancing week here at the sequel rights headquarters. Uh, so we're all on Skype and uh, still bringing the fun to you each and every week with another Herbie movie. Still bringing the love, bug. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of that, if you guys missed last week's episode on the love bug with our special guest, Gabe Nathan, um, it was awesome. Uh, definitely check it out. Uh, and, Please. you know, don't forget to check out all of his. One of my favorite episodes we've ever done. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed Yeah. It was good. It was good. He was a great guest. So if you want to email us uh, about that or anything, you can hit us up at sequelrights at gmail.com or reach out on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sequel Rights. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, there's a lot of podcasts flooding the zone right now, um, but any <laughs> stars that you could give us helps the algorithm. Uh we are the perfect podcast for your self-quarantine. Uh, you can watch along the movies if you need. Like, hey, what should I be watching? It's like, how about all the Problem Child movies? And then you can listen to uh, <laughs> you know, our thoughts on that. I had a friend uh, who just recently watched uh, Rambo Last Blood. Oh. And as they were watching it, they're like, I am sure that you guys get to this in the podcast. And I will listen to it afterwards. But... I'm sure that you commented uh, when this movie turns into Home Alone. And I said, we absolutely did. <laughs> you know, uh, Rambo but... Last Blood lost the Razzie to cats. <gasps> uh, well, you know what? I think that I think that, that is the true uh, loser there. It's tough, but fair. It's tough, <laughs> but fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's plenty of time. Uh, some people might have extra time on their hands. Check out some old episodes. Watch some sequels with us. Uh, it'll be fun. But this week, the love bug's back in a brand new hilarious adventure. We're here we're talking Herbie Rides Again from 1974. Announcing the all-new Herbie the Love Bug. Looks like we've just picked up a friend. Coming soon from Walt Disney Productions to theater showrooms everywhere in his funniest movie role, Herbie the Love Bug Rides Again. This lovable bug comes fully equipped with all the latest features. Herbie! Included with Herbie is a high-performance Helen Hayes. Oh, Herbie, behave yourself. You knock my glasses off. A completely automatic Ken Berry. Help! Oh, you're wonderful! A self-adjusting Stephanie Powers. A real knockout. How do you do? I was like, this uh, trailer is so great with these uh, explanations wow. of the cast. An automatic Ken Berry. What the fuck does That's that what we could aspire to in life, to be referred to in the terms of a car. Yeah, a self-adjusting. Right. <laughs> also, I can, uh, I'm can. i pretty confident in saying that all three of us in our respective homes were dancing along to the little song. Oh, yeah. The song is, <laughs> the song is so great. It's like the best thing you could ever think of. Yeah. Oh. What's the uh, instrumentation there, Yelis? 
Uh, there's got to be flute. It's like flutes, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to let Good it play bar. the entire <laughs> entire episode. No, I'm kidding. That's it. That's it. That's it for now. You can always come back. uh so this movie let's just uh, you know i think a good place to start as uh as gabe told us you know get ready bumpy roads uh are ahead (laughs) for us um from a sequel standpoint this movie uh starts wheeling out all the tropes of just like yep like herbie's here but nobody else is and uh it's somebody's like grandma what are you talking about the house is the same tyler Yes, but Tennessee. <laughs> it's Tennessee's mom, basically. Aunt. Yeah. Aunt, yes. But she's called Grandma. But she's, yeah, but she's Grandma to nobody. That's right. <laughs> yeah, because that girl's not really her granddaughter, right? No, no. Correct. She's yeah, she's just, just like a border. Yeah, but she calls her Grandma in a weird, creepy way. Fair enough. We're talking about yeah. Helen Hayes, who plays Grandma Steinmetz. The Black legendary Steinmetz. EGOT award winning Helen Hayes. That's right. What was the T? I was going to say, what was, the, what was the GOT? What's the T for Helen Hayes? I have no idea. I just know she's one of the first EGOTs. Oh, okay. I did not know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Very impressive. Um, yeah. I, uh, no one in front of the camera is, is, uh, has returned for this other than Herbie, obviously. I mean, come on. Herbert. Herbert. Bug. <laughs> uh, but uh, most of the people behind the camera uh, are uh, the same. We've got uh, Robert Stevenson back as a director. Bill Walsh is, uh, writing the screenplay again. And uh, George Bruns doing the music. Yeah. So did they capture the magic a second time? Uh, if you... When you say magic, do you mean green screen technology? (laughs) (laughs) Do you mean the car, like the magic of the fact that the car moves? Because technically, yes, it still does that. The car is named Herbie and it moves on its own. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this 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 movie movie is about a suburban Missouri lawyer who learns that gentrification is bad. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we've we've got uh, the, the the start of this movie is really kind of funny. We, we get introduced to the, <laughs> the 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 new big bad of this movie, Alonzo Hawk, which um, I don't know if you guys saw on the Wikipedia, but you know, usually here at Sequel Rights, we're like, oh man, we love to have all the context of the <laughs> of yeah. the franchise and everything. But I think this is the first time ever for us potentially that a character from another franchise is now in this movie. Um, because this Alonzo Hawk character, uh, played by, uh, Keenan Wynn was originated in the, the two movies about Flubber, uh, the absent minded professor and son of Flubber. He plays the same character. Yeah. Oh, Um, crazy. Yeah. I thought you were going to try to tell me that like he tried to like put a condos on the country bears. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's like they brought this, like, you know, villainous character from these other movies into uh, into this one for whatever. Yeah, um, I'm, I can't think of another franchise we've had that's done that unless you count, like, the Vietnamese as a recurring enemy. <laughs> <laughs> that's messed up. No, I don't. I'm just saying. It's the only, like, you know, <laughs> both Rambo and Chuck Norris are not down with the Vietnamese. <laughs> that's true that's true 
push those helicopters <laughs> off that aircraft carrier and then get me that flubber. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um oh. I, I just thought that was super interesting. I I I uh I couldn't find any information as to why that, you know, why that choice was made, but um I watched a little bit. Of, I hadn't seen the uh the um, absent-minded professor, but it's on Disney Plus, and I watched a little bit of his performance there, and it's pretty much the same, but with less facial hair. Uh, yeah, and, and he has a son. Just like he has a son. David Tomlinson <laughs> won't come back, and uh, this guy's available, and people thought he was pretty funny in the other one, so let's bring him here. Yeah, maybe we can use him to prop up this movie a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it turns movie- out his goal is to build the World Trade Center. <laughs> yes. Yes. In San Francisco. <laughs> A giant H in the sky. <laughs> I mean, not in the sky, but you know, relatively in the sky. It looked like the Hyperion ship from from uh, from Borderlands. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny how like the like more and more I get annoyed when sequels do away with the characters in ways that like are do not honor them. Like our main character for the previous film, they just say, yep, he went to race overseas. Like, he just did the thing. <laughs> right. He's like, <laughs> he just like, eh. like, you got tired of Herbie. And uh, the, the, the whole car. crux of the first movie is that, like, he actually can't do it on his own. Like, he needs Herbie, <laughs> and then he decides that he'd rather be who he is with Herbie than anything he is without. And in this movie... You know, Tennessee's ma- aunt is just like, eh, yeah, he went over to Europe to race European cars. And it's like, it's a fucking Volkswagen. Yeah. Like, it's a European <laughs> car. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's not really a race car, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's really messed up. He just, he leaves, uh, he leaves Herbie behind just to dream about his former glories for 30 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> nice one little uh, montage. <laughs> Okay, yeah. So they say that, and then like we, it's like, do Volkswagens dream of electric sheep? Although there is a sheep dream later in this movie <laughs> that makes that joke better. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a point where Herbie's dreaming, so it's like, okay, so he's conscious, uh, and there's footage that wasn't in the previous movie, and it gets more and more insane. Like they're just like launching Volkswagens over rivers and then driving them straight down a mountain and shit. Those like, were those were all from the driving, movie. The stunt driving was insane. Yeah, well, those were all scenes from the last movie. They were all in the movie. Were they? I'm pretty sure all they were. Yeah, I don't think all of them were. The one where I he's driving was... down the hill? Yeah, that one's in there. And when he jumps, does that little jump that across. That one's in there. Jumps in there. I feel like there was some B-roll that was cut in, kind of like the Highlander uh, helicopter shots. Yeah, possibly, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was funny. I was like, wow, this is really, uh, really going on for a while here. And show, show us the, show us all the racing scenes from the last film. <laughs> they run out of, uh, you know, ideas for this movie. Um, uh, answer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, what we were talking, I was talking about before I-, I did kind of enjoy the weird opening of this movie where it's like showing the opening credits and it's just this guy, uh, Alonzo Hawk, like, you know, wringing his hands as, as like a, you know, a bunch of different buildings get blown up and then he gets to blow up all these buildings. And it's just like <laughs> this like long montage of demolition. Cause he's like, it's just a bunch of stock footage all <laughs> from different cities. Yeah. Like some of them yeah. are clear. <laughs> a lot of stuff in this movie is clearly downtown LA, uh, theater <laughs> district, um, like things that are happening. Oh, and yeah. then 
half of it is like clearly Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. And then I the stock footage is from Francisco everywhere. Kind of in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was a funny introduction to him. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was funny, you, you know, they had that flashback and they talk in the beginning, they talk about, uh, how like, Oh, Herbie was a big racing champion and they bring it up a couple times. And I kept like waiting, I kept waiting for the whole movie kind of for it to get back to racing somehow, but it never really does. <laughs> it gets back to street cars and jukeboxes. Yes. We, we learned that, uh, Fun fact for this movie: Not only is it uh, Herbie that's sentient, there's other, other right it's, other machines. You know what? Do you guys have the thought that it's a uh, Brave Little Toaster crossover? <laughs> I did think about that. I also kept thinking about the cars thing that Elis was talking about yeah. last week. Yeah, yeah. We I mean, need to get Negroni back on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing about it though is that by introducing like all these additional sentient machinery. They don't really mention it or address that at all. So it sort of cheapens it in a way because it was actually so stunning that Tennessee gave that big speech in the first movie. Right. This time it's like, oh, look, all these other things are sentient, too. But we don't. I mean, she just kind of says like, oh, I, I know that they are. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. And like by the end of the movie, you're kind of left feeling like maybe I guess everything's sentient. Maybe I don't know how this world works, but which is a brave little toaster. thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, only German made cars from world war two are sentient and it's a few other things. Super old. So uh, do the math. Orchestrions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I loved the, yeah, I loved the orchestrion that was like always playing little songs to, for every moment. L- little jaunty tune. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty cool. And then, a guy uh, like who was like, oh, I think you should play this more, who ends up being uh, the aunt's love interest. Is he supposed to be alluded to that he's like a descendant of Mark Twain? Is that a thing we're supposed to believe? <laughs> I don't what? know. I don't remember this. I completely missed that. Okay. Never mind. I just then. thought that he was like an old rancher guy. Yeah, kind of. He but... implied that he had been alone with cows for 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> is it, this is Mr. Judson you're talking about, John? Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> the love insurance interest for uh, Mrs. Steinmetz. Yeah. Um, I wonder, Justin, if you had the time to make a montage, because I feel like our main character, whose name I cannot even remember right now. Willoughby? Uh, what? <laughs> Willoughby? Yes, Willoughby. Willoughby. He, he says could you Mrs. Not Steinmetz like a thousand times. <laughs> I should have done that. I, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Mrs. Steinmetz, Mrs. Steinmetz, Mrs. Steinmetz. Like, especially that scene where he's like hanging off the window cleaning thing. Oh, yeah. He keeps yelling her name over and over and over and I, over again. I, I got that part weirded me out, though, because I missed the trend. Because somewhere in the middle of the movie, he transitions to start calling her grandma all the time. And I was like, so confused at that moment because he's like, help me. And he's like, Mrs. Steinmetz. And then he's like, grandma, pull me up. You know, grandma. That's, that's pretty. That's like, uh, you know, when you're calling for your mom and she won't turn around because so many other people are saying mom that, that you shout her first name and then they're like, what? You yeah, know? Yeah. I would shout so. grandma at a person I don't really know, too. You know? <laughs> Who's not my grandma at all. <laughs> yeah. So our main character, Willoughby, uh, when they introduce him, 
to me, I was like, is that Mr. Bean? Like, he looked exactly I like I thought the him. same thing. I thought the same throughout thing. Throughout the movie, I got more used to him, and I was like, okay, it doesn't really look like him. But, like, the first couple of scenes, I was like, oh, my gosh, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. He looked like quintessential, like, that time period sitcom dude. Like, he looked like he could have been one of Genie's boyfriends, and I dream of Genie. Oh, like, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, just random, straight-laced, like, aw shucks type dude. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, he was in stuff like uh, you know Andy, Andy Griffith's show and F Troop, so you're, there you totally, go. you're totally right on on the, on the money with yep. that. <laughs> and yeah, he's a just graduated lawyer that is the nephew of um, Hawk. Yeah, yeah, which is actually like a kind of cool angle, like where he thinks that Hawk is a good guy because that's the the portrait that he's always painted to his family always sent some fruit from california is the big thing and that you like like yeah he's making the city better he's improving things so he's a little naive in thinking that this guy who has all this development who just destroys all these historic buildings is doing a public service mm-hmm. and uh yeah originally uh yeah mr mr hawk i love their first interaction where where he's like i've brought you this uh, award for humanitarianism <laughs> And he's like, oh, so you pulled all the strings to give it to me, huh? And it's like, no, I was the only one on the committee, and uh, it was totally legit. <laughs> I thought that was kind of a, a funny exchange between them to, at the start there. Yeah. But, uh, he, oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and then his love interest is Nicole, who is not actually Mrs. Diamond's granddaughter, but is just kind of a flight attendant who's living with her. Um, She's just kind of a flight attendant. Yeah, I think that the uh, I think that they like the it was supposed to be that her house got demolished or whatever, and so she's staying there with her, mm. right? I think that was the setup. so yes. when when Willoughby first comes to talk to Mrs. Steinmetz before even like <laughs> introducing herself or hearing him state two words of his case, Nicole full on punches <laughs> him in the face and like knocks him to the ground, which is great. I thought that was great. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Gotta miss the days where if a woman did anything like that, it was like, oh, how funny, how cute. And, like, nobody cared or called the police or, you right. know, charged them with assault. <laughs> right. He was just like, ha, ah, that's great. Yeah, we should bring that back. Where she hits him with a lobster. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. And a lobster. <laughs> that was funny because he, he, yeah, he gets hit with the lobster, fl- goes flying into the into the ocean there or whatever, and then that was like, it just cuts to the, the to the next scene. You don't see him getting out or anything. <laughs> so funny. Um, but I thought I thought Stephanie Powers. I I liked her in this movie um, as Nicole. She was kind of fun. Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, yeah. So Willoughby is uh, in charge of trying to the the whole the whole like crux of the story is. You know, Hawk is trying to build the giant H building that's going to be the tallest building in the world. Um, and he's all like, I am Mr. Hawk. And uh, he's going around. <laughs> he's going around. Uh, he's gotten all the uh, other buildings destroyed there, except for this, you know, old Victorian firehouse uh, with Mrs. Steinmetz and um, Herbie. And so he sends Willoughby, who he thinks looks like, you know, a nice guy and might be able to convince her as opposed to his other lawyers who all look like, you know, grumpy lawyer types. <laughs> And that's how we uh, kick off the story. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think like 
What year was this again? 1974, I believe. Yeah, 74. Do you think back then, like a gentrification hijinks story was like a little bit of a hot take or somehow new? Or was it already old by then? Because it is like very, very antiquated by now. Like we have seen this done upwards and not to yeah up is it one up but yeah like you know (laughs) old person getting gentrified out like is and the hijinks ensue is so like overplayed at this point i think that perhaps it was i mean it's always been a variant on the wild west is being civilized type Mm. thing um so you know that that type of story is kind of as old as cinema um but a tale it's a as old question. as time. It's a tale as old as time. But cinema's not as old as time. No. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like that. that I, I was kind of watching this movie, and I, it's funny you say that. I had the thought that I was like, "Wow, like this is what hack writing looks like." <laughs> and it's like, and it's not because it was hacky at the time. It's just like okay, this is 74 and there's movies that still do the same types of type of jokes. Like there's a point where like Herbie drives through a restaurant or Herbie goes through like a fancy dinner party. Uh, I guess that's a, that's a trolley car, not Herbie. Um, But it's just like the the juxtaposition juxtaposition of hijinks and like high society. Um, And I, I had the same thought. It was like, okay, well this, if this was tired in 1974, then it's incredibly tired now. Um, and, but maybe it was passable. Maybe it was semi passable at the time. How did yeah. this movie do look this up? Do we know? Yeah, it did. Uh, it made uh, 38 million, uh, in us and Canada. Um, is that good? In 74? Probably. Sure it is. I think the one before it did 50, some 53, something. Maybe? Okay. So, so like, not nah, great. Yeah, it looks like the reviews at the time were kind of like, mm, it's not super great. We've got, uh, yeah. you know, a couple of reviews up here on. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, read um, Siskel's quote. I think it was funny. It says Gene Siskel gave the film two and a half stars out of four and called it a surprisingly tolerable sequel. <laughs> but then it's, yeah, it says it says Rotten Tomatoes says that it has 80%, but I'm like, really? Yeah. I mean, like, there was nothing bad about it per se like nothing quite you know offended me or made me think like oh they're pissing all over you know the legacy of herbie or anything like that it's right. just kind of yeah it's like what he says it's passable just barely but it's definitely not exciting or or I, particularly fun i kind of disagree though because like it has the you know the driver just being like no fuck it i left like <laughs> deal with herbie and Tennessee had to go see his guru. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's like, do you spend time in your movie that you couldn't figure out enough stuff to do in, like, explaining away, like, having longer backstory for why the characters in the, you know, previous movie aren't there, or do you just throw it away in one line and move on? I yeah, because, yeah. I mean, as much as those characters were a nice part of that movie, you come for Herbie, you mm. know? That's right. There's no human person that like is getting the butts in the seats it's not the way called, that Herbie it's himself not called will. Douglas drives Herbie in again or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the next movie is Herbie goes to Monte Carlo, not like some guy. Tennessee teaches Herbie new tricks. The movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, uh, this may be jumping forward way too far, but yeah. I just think that 
it kind you know there, there's so many comparisons that we made last week with cars and like the movie cars um and you know in a way this sort of like reminds me of cars too like by expanding the scope of what and making the stakes higher for what herbie is supposed to be dealing with it cheapens all the character beats for herbie and the human characters because there's no gray area it's all black and white like gentrification bad this guy bad these people good this thing bad you know whereas in the first movie it was so nuanced and every character kind of was multi-layered and um did both made mistakes and good choices Mm -hmm. and um but it was just about you know winning races this you know an old lady's house etc gentrification like yeah the stakes are higher but the the characters are cheaper yeah I also miss, I, you know, not that they radically changed Herbie's character or anything, but I miss a little bit of the love bugness in this movie. Um, I feel like there's not as much time, like, spent on setting up the romance of the two, you know, yeah. of Willoughby These two and get Nicole. together way too fast. Yeah, and they're By like, the end of the movie, they've only known each other, like, less than a week, and she's, like, basically, right. like, why haven't you proposed yet? Yeah, and then they get married after a fade to black or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, it's, uh, it, it, yeah. I mean, she's not, no, she's surprised by the, the proposition. I don't think so, because when they're at that dinner, she's kind of like, all right, what are you going to say? Like, you know? Yeah, they're basically, like, already about to get married, like, halfway through the movie, and you're yeah. like, there's still 40 minutes left. What the heck? Uh, yeah, well, we're, we're, he's having a fake beard in an airport. Yeah, and there's not as much... Yeah. <laughs> That was so weird. <laughs> this guy's such a coward. He's got to dress up. Um, yeah, but there's not as much of like Herbie being involved even in all of that. Like, there's you know, we last movie we had the fun like him driving out to Makeout Point or whatever. And yeah, these two were into each other like immediately after the punching. Yeah, you know, like I mean, Herbie didn't. Re- Herbie did a few things, you know, kind of goaded by the grandmother, but like he didn't need to. Yeah, it's mostly I think Miss. Miss Steinmetz, uh, Steinmetz full, uh, pulling the strings in this movie. Mm-hmm. Which is like, it's unclear how much she knows from time to time. Well, we, she definitely knows Herbie's uh, alive or whatever. but Right. <laughs> um, yeah, and she didn't even need to study Orientalism. Yeah, that's th- th- okay. Well, <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk about what a couple things that happened in this movie. Her saying Orientalism is the tamer uh, offense. Yeah, Uh, I mean, because back then, that's actually what everybody called that region of the world. So I'm not like, but yeah, I mean, the idea of that, you know, things are mysterious because they come from East Asia is, you know, weird and annoying as usual. It was a shorthand that we kept until what? 97 yesterday I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah yeah um and then the <laughs> second uh offensive thing that happens in this movie i i, I don't want to make it a complete list but the thing that stands out is that mr hawk has a uh the best sequence in the movie has a nightmare uh where herbie is plaguing him and <laughs> oh, there's yeah. a bunch of herbies in uh native american headdresses oh god Trying this, to scalp him. This was a scene where I was like, "Oh man, this is so cool!" Like Her- Herbie's got like a monster mouth, and then I, and then like yeah. the next thing happens is like, "Oh no, this is this really is a nightmare." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Oh, no. He decided to sing. Oh, uh, no. Why is the red man red? From uh, Oh God, Peter it's Pan. so terrible, and there's like six of them. And, uh... 
And then it cuts to Hawk as King Kong being chased by Herbies <laughs> flying around like airplanes. And it's like, this isn't a nightmare. Like in this fantasy, like you're like a, a, a super powerful ape. Yeah, it's like it's kind of a cool sequence, save for that one part uh, in the middle. Um, yeah. I really liked seeing the Herbie with like the giant monster teeth. I thought that was funny. <laughs> that was a good time. <laughs> He's like so afraid of this car, but uh, yeah, that was that was pretty unforgivable. That uh, that moment in the middle there, Gabe tried to warn us. He really he did. did, yeah. And really as did. far as um, you know, there is no character in this movie that is as wonderful and nuanced as uh, Benson Fong was in the past one. Um, like we get kind of this oil baron farmer guy rancher instead, um, but. There are like a few kind of like he has a um, there's a black contractor that's supposed to build the new <laughs> space. And he keeps right. like telling him that he's charging him $80,000 a day to not build the building. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I thought that was pretty funny because that guy was just like, oh, yeah, he's yeah. awesome. He, was he didn't always take like... any crap from hawk and he was just like whatever man, it's your money. Like you suck. I think... And then also <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny that. um Hawk called out his like cronies for like looking like a bunch of untrustworthy old white guys. <laughs> like, oh, he was yeah. like, I wouldn't trust you either. Look at you. <laughs> and then they just kind of like creepily follow Herbie around for like, I don't know, an entire day all the way up the Golden Gate Bridge by foot. <laughs> that was so, there was like a scene where like, uh, yeah, Hawk's secretary is like looking out his giant window and he's just, he's like, Oh my God, look, I, I can see him. There he is. And she's like, he's like, what are you talking about? Um, and, uh, yeah, we get this weird shot of like Herbie driving on the like wires that go up the side of the, the, uh, Golden Gate Bridge. So crazy. Yeah. And why would those dudes be running up the side? That makes no sense. It looked so weird. <laughs> it looked really fucking weird. Well, and while we're on the subject of the Golden Gate Bridge, like obviously that moment is not uh, related at all to the Golden Gate Bridge moment from the first movie, which we talked about being so hey. emotional oh, and yeah. crazy uh, that that was even in a family movie. But um, I think like the closest that Herbie gets to having like a downer kind of moment in this movie is when they're on like the side of the building and he could run over Hawk or kill him basically. But they stop Herbie by like fake saying they're going to take him to a used car salesman. And then he like starts doing what they want. But then she even says like, yeah, I would never do it. And he doesn't even really believe me, but it still works. And it's like, is that really supposed to replace the like heartbreaking, crazy suicide moment from the first movie? Well, not even that. It's like there's a point where uh, the flight attendant's trying to like stop him, and then Willoughby's just like y- yells at Herbie, and then he stops and does. He's like, "See, it just takes a firm hand." And yeah. it's like, No, this yeah. is a human being. <laughs> or or car, but human being car. Yeah, Herbie, yeah Herbie, I mean, uh, he was there to back up Mrs. Steinmetz, but he really had no other, like, I don't know. Yeah. Autonomy, let's say it that way. Yep. Yeah, he does, He does. Uh, you know, Herbie lets some weird stuff go down in this movie. He, let, he lets himself get, uh, get uh, you know, stolen by Hawk at one point, where, you know, like, he, he uh, 
Hawk says that he's like he used to be known as Hot Wire Hawk or whatever. And, yeah, and, <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, I'm like, cool, dude. He used to run with Dom Toretto. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and yeah, he he's like uh, he has his driver drive him out to the firehouse and gets out of the car and he's like. You can go home. I won't be needing you anymore today. And I was like, damn, that's some confidence. Herbie's going to fuck you up. But then, like, he opens, he, you know, opens the door with a wire. And I thought, oh, Herbie's going to, like, hit him with the door or something and get him to leave and drive off. But he just lets himself get captured. I'm like, I know he fucks with him later, but I was just kind of like, I, yeah, why, why, why yeah, would Herbie, Herbie just sit there and let that happen? Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. There were moments that, like, I did laugh out loud because they were so ridiculous or, or just like, what is going on? You know, like I, I wouldn't say it was like completely without any merit. I mean, it has last, it's a fine, perfectly passable family movie, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. Herbie goes a surfing. Yeah, <laughs> yes. he does with a stock footage <laughs> surfer that falls. Yeah. That was really funny. He's like surfer in a totally different movie. <laughs> Says, hey, man, <laughs> come over here. Um, hey, yeah, <laughs> that was like, I was like, this is our hippie moment for this movie. Yeah. Oh, no, there's no, there's multiple hippie moments in this movie. What What are some of the other ones? Uh, there's the uh, couple in the drive through in their hippie painted. Uh, uh, oh, bug. that's right. That was there, there's, there's a point where it turns out all VW bugs are sentient. <laughs> yes. They're, they, uh, they specifically, um, like call out the deadheads at one point too. Yes. Which like the other one did too. I mean, there was a lot of, you know, people pulling up in vans and a lot of hippie jokes. Yeah. Yeah. They were kind of questionable at the time. Yeah. That, that, that spot with the hippie people at the drive-in is the scene where they show like a still image of people in the car. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, why aren't they moving? It's like they're kissing, but they're not moving. And this is fucking weird. But isn't, isn't that how you make out? (laughs) They weren't. Yeah. You just, uh-huh. you just kiss and then still s- yeah. hold on. Let me get, let me get my notepad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Kiss. How? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm writing that down. Now. Kiss question mark. How? <laughs> Step one. Hold still. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And like, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit, but like, you know, Keenan Wynn, like he, he, he does a lot of screaming in, in this. In this, he, he, I mean, the dude is chewing scenery. Oh yeah, I, uh, uh, you know, I, I thought that you know he doesn't hold a candle to to David Tomlinson because we were, you know, we were talking about all the uh, amazing dialogue of the first movie, and I feel like this one, you know, he's just screaming a lot and calling people idiots and stuff. But um, there was one. Um, there was one scene that I really liked and I pulled a bunch of, uh, uh, of clips of, from, of him from it. Um, there's a moment where, you know, he's like, he's just been so stressed out and everything's going terribly for me. Uh, I just, I just need, I just need like some peace and quiet. I need to relax. And his, you know, his, uh, secretary is giving him a massage. He's like, I just need like a little bit of quiet. And like in the background, you can see this, like the huge contraption of the window washer, like coming down. And as soon as he says that it turns on and it's like so fucking loud. And he's like, Oh, it's amazing. He's like, Oh my God, turn this off. And he's like yelling at the guy. Uh, and the exchange that they have, he's like yelling out, he's like yelling stuff back, back at him. Like, you idiots, get out of here. You idiots. Um, <laughs> and, uh, get out. Yeah. 
And the, the guy's just like, oh, Mr. Hawk told me to do this. And oh God. And, and then even when he's leaving, he, he's like, fine, I'll turn off the machine or whatever. And then he's like, the, the, the worker on the, on the machine is like, hey, also close the windows because <laughs> Mr. Hawk told me that it you know, bleeds <laughs> out the uh, air, air conditioning. And Mr. I just Hawk's love, orders. I just love these like two old dudes yelling at each other. <laughs> yeah. By the way, uh, Keenan Wynn, uh, son of Edwin, uh, and grandfather of Jessica Keenan Wynn, who played the young version of Christine Bransky in Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, that we all like uh, loved uh, her performance. Oh, that's awesome. Did not know that. That's yeah. Be a child star chicken. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. You know, you know, despite the fact that these movies are ostensibly children and family films, there are no children in either movie. Yeah, I guess they're kind of like, yeah, I don't well, know what kind of... Disney didn't want to deal with those labor laws at the time. <laughs> Honestly, that probably is a lot of it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they can't drive anyway, so what's the point of having them yeah, in this they one? they can't. Save them for the one with the animals and the elves and you know, whatever, the little people. I don't know. <laughs> the apple dumpling gang. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're billed as, um, you know, like a comedy, romantic comedy. Family film. By the way, I just realized that was not like a using little people as a slur. I literally mean Darby O'Gill and the little people. I just want to clarify. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, we, we get some emails about that. Yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I was just that's what I was saying. I didn't think uh Alonzo Hawk was as good of a bad guy as as uh no, not a- Tomlinson from the last one. Unfortunately. But he still has some fun stuff, you know. What is it you're doing? <laughs> uh my my soundboard is just him yelling and stuff. What is uh, it you're doing? <laughs> Once you learn something when you're young, you just never forget it. And the song, of course. Oh yeah, the song. There, there was th- that last clip that I played. That uh, you know, when when he first is like, he's so proud that he's like, you know, hot wired Herbie and stole him. Um, I I don't remember this from the last movie, but there's a piece of the George Bruns score where they're playing the main theme like in a minor key because <laughs> it's like supposed to be all sad that like, oh, Herbie's been captured. And, yeah. Uh, and I I thought that was kind of a cool thing to hear. Um, just uh, I, I love when composers do that kind of change, change that stuff up. Um, do you guys want to talk about? Uh, you know, we 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 had a lot to say about the exciting stunts and Herbie fun stunts in the first film. Um, and that's, you guys, that's Herbie fun stunts. Herbie fun stunts. <laughs> the bloopers. Yeah. Do you guys have any um, you know favorites from this one or thoughts about how they compare to the first film? Um. Uh... A lot uh, of green screen this time around, but I wonder how exciting that green screen is at at this time. Like it mm. could be fairly. I mean, this is three years before Star Wars. Star Wars. This is you know. So <laughs> there's a point where, like, for this type of movie, like it could have been thrilling, and That's I just true. don't know. Yeah, it's like yeah. Do you think people sat in the theater saw the? Uh, Herbie driving up the Golden Gate Bridge for two seconds and we're like, whoa! Oh my god! Like, just the imagination of, you know, having that set piece in the movie, thinking like, oh, well, we can, we, we can do this and this. Uh, you know, cutting a background together. Maybe we, you know, maybe we can make it that thrilling. I don't know how exciting that is at the time. Watching it in 2020, uh, it's pretty lame. 
yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did like yeah. um there there was a uh, shot you don't actually see it like transpire but the shot after of the two police cars like kind of stacked up in an A shape and like against I don't know I thought that looked kind of cool I was kind of like what where are they shooting that from oh, like, yeah yeah and then they reused that that same rig for all the VW bugs at the end <laughs> yeah but yeah. it looked uh, cool the first time I saw it with the bigger police cars yeah I did I did like that one moment I mean it looked cool. Uh, it was such a brief moment where like, you know, Herbie kind of, there, there's like a whole chase scene in the, in the middle where a bunch of the goons from, uh, Hawks, uh, goon lawyers are trying to get Herbie in these huge black cars. And there's a t- moment where they like pull up behind him and he's cornered and he like drives up on the side of the <laughs> side of a cliff basically. And like goes around them. I thought that looked kind of cool, even though it was like very brief. Um, yeah, I, I didn't know that if that was, cool. was like miniatures or what, but I was like, Oh, how'd they do that? That was kind of cool. Um, and I mean the, yeah, we were joking about the surfing scene, but that was kind of, you know, car going through water like that kind of cool. I don't know. I couldn't decide before the surfing, just before when Herbie is, um, playing on the beach, like a dog, mm. like I couldn't decide if that was funny or just like if, or if it cheapened Herbie. It it cheapened thir- her- Thurby. It cheapened Herbie. It was not. You can't it even not say his name funny. anymore. It, yeah, yeah. Much it, it changed his name completely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Eh. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, what else do you guys want to talk about? We kind of we've kind of been jumping around all over the place, um, but we talked about how the whole thing comes to a head where, like, uh, you know, Hawk is shown up in the middle of the night and he's going to, you know, he, he had made a whole fake news uh, press release saying like, uh, Hawk backs down and he's not going to actually demolish this old house, but it was all a lie. And he shows up with all the construction equipment to, to totally blow up the house. Um, I mean, what would happen if you just like did blow up a house that you had no ownership over? Like you'd go to jail, right? Right. But, he was already doing it off the books illegally and so she just tricked his goon and so i I think no no i don't mean his house i mean like if he had gone ahead and demolished the firehouse like wouldn't he go to prison no um so there's actually a in la there's these great uh, people who do these LA cycle tours. Um, we did one that was a dim sum one and they, they demolished a house in Bunker Hill and uh, with no permits overnight, they just decided to do it. And the penalty was that they had to make a public fountain uh, in their new condo building. What? That's so <laughs> yeah. Were the people compensated? No. Oh my God. Yeah. It seems like a super risky endeavor too. Cause you'd have to like, have some way to make sure that no one's home when you were trying yes. to illegally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like no, it's 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 a, it is a risky endeavor, but this shit happens for yeah, sure. That's terrible. God, okay. Ugh. Yeah, I kind of uh, had a feeling that he would just get away with it, and he'd be like, "Well, whatever, you pay a fine and move on with your life." Yeah. I thought that the uh, trolley car sequence was actually pretty good. Yeah, that was fun. Um, there's, there, there's a moment where, you know, Hawk comes and takes all the stuff out of the, uh, out of Mrs. Steinmetz's house and puts it in this, you know, pretty much in a warehouse of his. And they, they go and rescue the, uh, old number 22, which is also sentient. Uh, in, yeah. case, in case we didn't mention that. 
And there's a fun, uh, another chase sequence where they're like chasing it down, <laughs> down the side of the giant hills in San Francisco. But like, do you really have a movie with driving that takes place in San Francisco if you don't drive down that zigzaggy street? No. <laughs> to answer your question, you do not. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I mean, I know they already drove down it in the last movie, but the trolley probably should have driven down it. Yeah, that yeah. would have been nice. Otherwise, did it even really take place there? No, I'm kidding. We had the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, the la- the last big thing is the crazy, uh, the crazy awakening of all the VW bugs, which I was not expecting. No, me either. And my, the whole time I'm like, oh my god, what are these guys gonna think about this? Because this is like crazy. Like, uh, I had no idea that it was like there were all these other sentient machines and cars and stuff and i thought it was only herbie and this is usually when there's that many german things gathering together i'm terrified (laughs) (laughs) well i did like that i did like that alonzo hawk was in like what looked like a military you know jeep for that whole that whole sequence too i mean when they like i i did have this thought like so they you know, fake demo his house so he loses a wall. When he shows up in this climax, when all of these uh, Volkswagen Beetles show up, there's the amount of trucks of construction vehicles that he summons <laughs> to tear down this thing yeah. is Transformers level. Like, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> and, like, there's kids, like, where there's a time where they're just obsessed with trucks. Like, mm-hmm. if you're, like, two or three, like, it's just like, oh, my God, trucks, right? And, like, so there's somebody out there who is right at that time, right at that sweet spot, that, like, this is their favorite movie. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they don't know why, but they just loved it. It was just like, oh, that part where all those trucks showed up? My God. Incredible film. (laughs) And all the Beatles rise up to defeat (laughs) them. It's amazing. It basically is the end of Transformers. (laughs) Yeah. He's like Autobots. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Bumblebee. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, so funny. Yeah. So this movie is fairly innocuous uh, and feels pretty tired by today's standards. Like I found it a little difficult to watch all the way through. There was times where I was definitely like, "Oh my God, look at what's happening! This is crazy." Uh, there's this uh, a specific sequence of right before uh, Hawk's house gets torn down, where he calls his doctor. And because he because he can't sleep, it's like it's three in the morning and I can't fall asleep. And then his doctor starts counting through sheep with him, (laughs) which is just amazing healthcare. Let's just you know, Uh, but he's there for him. Like that's the beginning of this dream sequence. But like it starts with like a minute of just watching numbered sheep jump. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it goes, they're they're going normal for a bit, and then it's like number fifty three jumps over like three times. Uh. yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then things really get scary yeah um (sighs) the movie also ends super abruptly which i think we we didn't really talk about it but the 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 previous film also kind of had like a and we're done real fast (laughs) Um, yeah but this one i felt like it felt even 
faster. Like they, they chase off, chase him off and they're like, all right, well, I guess it's going to be, uh, we can invite you to the wedding after all. And they're like, what wedding? And then it's like, and there's a wedding and they like, they drive out underneath a, uh, a tunnel of, you know, balancing, uh, VW bugs. And then it's like end credits. Well, and it's interesting because this is reading, of course, way too much into it and putting more thought into this than anyone did. But in the first movie, in order to get Herbie to behave the way that you wanted to or to not do things you don't want him to do is for you, the driver and the people to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And then Herbie will go along and, you know, help you if you're doing the right thing. When you're doing the wrong thing, he doesn't. In this movie, to get Herbie to do what you want, you verbally and emotionally abuse him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You tell him, we're going to sell you. We're not going to invite you to our wedding. I'm just going to scream at you. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> I mean, but if you're stopping Herbie in that moment from committing murder, is that a bad thing? <laughs> it's like, yeah, like, Herbie, you can't go to the wedding. Well, you can just go chase seagulls like the dumb piece of German engineering that you are. <laughs> Fuck off for all I care. Don't kill this guy in front of me. No one's going to believe that the car is alive. Please stop. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So maybe they were uh, <laughs> right to stop him, but still, do you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. In that moment, I feel like yelling. At well, Herbie yeah. I think okay. I think in the last movie, uh, Herbie is kind of a moral compass a little bit, although he does have some murder in his heart. So maybe that's the maybe that's something we can look out for. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the anytime they show Herbie like shaking with anger. I think it's pretty funny looking. Yeah, but like, yeah, no crazy things where like he splits up or like he's yeah. a car. I also liked <laughs> the, the. I thought this was kind of weird. Like during that final moment where, um, you know, they're they're bringing along the uh, you know VW Bug Army. They they spend so much time focusing on the like beat up junk one <laughs> in the back. Like it gets yeah. it gets multiple like extended scenes where it's like I'm so slow behind you. Where I was like thinking that some you know marketing guy was like oh man the kids are gonna love this one they're gonna want toys of the, the broken one that's all fucked up you mean mater <laughs> yeah exa- exactly <laughs> i mean they showed that. it so many times i mean it didn't do anything other than look like shambly and you know all fucked up yeah hey yeah. shambly is a good look <laughs> You're, pull yourself together <laughs> shambly beetle yeah shambly <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I mean, do we have anything else to say? Do we have a rating? Uh, let's see. Uh, huh. You got this. You got this. Well, how many <laughs> number fifty-three sheep would you give? Herbie writes again. Um, me. Uh, I would give it uh, one sheep. Two sheep. sheep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it five. Uh, you know, painted sheep or whatever you said. I said number fifty. Number fifty-three that was the one that repeated three times. I don't know why, but like every time you say what it's gonna be, it goes immediately out of my brain. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Number fifty-three sheep. Gonna... was actively disappointed when I said. <laughs> I was, she was not. like. Ugh. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it five painted number three, uh, fifty three sheep. Um, I feel like, yeah, this this movie is totally fine. 
Uh, I just uh, doesn't quite capture the magic of the first film. I don't know if they had, you know, it seemed like they had similar budget on this, but uh, I just think that a lot of the fun Herbie hijinks aren't quite as, you know, spectacular as they were in the first movie. Um, and I think the, not, not that, I mean, I don't know. I was like, the plot isn't super interesting to me, but I'm also like, would I want just another movie where he's racing again? That might've been equally as boring. So I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like, I feel like Maybe I'm, it didn't need a sequel at all. <laughs> That's right. Gentrification should have been dependent on racing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That would have been, yes. that would have been better. I think. Um, because he's been kind of established as a race car. Now he's just kind of like someone's pet, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, the, you know, the, the, the actors are all fine. They're, they're doing their best. I just didn't think that, uh, Alonzo Hawk was as interesting a character. Like it was only fun to see him. Not from the lack of trying. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, he, he's doing his, you know, Keenan Wynn's doing a great job. Uh, I just didn't find it quite as funny and, and sharp as the previous film. So yeah, five for me. Yeah. I'm also going to give it five, uh, number 53 sheep. Um, yeah, I don't know. I it's, it's perfectly fine. Perfectly adequate. Like what we've been saying this whole time. Um, you know, I think it's fun to pick it apart and like overly analyze it, uh, because of the kind of connection to, uh, the first movie and the sentience and and the whole cars and the Pixar theory and all that stuff. I think it's like funny to, (laughs) to do those thought yeah. exercises, but really it was fine. So I probably sounded a lot worse on it than I actually feel. I'm just like, whatever. Yeah. I mean, we got to yeah. do our, we got to do, do our super uh, sequel deep dive into it and talk about all the, the crazy yeah. lore. lore but Tyler had a good point. You know, like I feel like if I needed something on Disney plus to show a small child that really loved trucks and hot wheels and cars, like, yeah, yeah. sure. This is fine. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to give it four number 53 sheep. I thought that it was pretty pedestrian. Uh, Despite being driven in a car. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I felt like when I'm having the thought while watching a movie, it was like, oh, this is what hack writing is. (laughs) Um, And and not necessarily talking about it in this time. I think that I'm not sure how it was received in 74. I think this could have been thrilling for kids. I think that, you know, I don't think it's a bad movie. I think that it's, it's certainly not the most egregious sequel that we've seen. Oh, no, not at all. It's just kind of vanilla um, in a way that was a little bit disappointing from the first one. Yeah. Well... I mean, that's going to be it, I think, for Herbie Rides Again. Uh, we don't have to wait too long in time uh, for the next film comes out in 1977. Herbie goes to Monte Carlo. And uh, I don't know anything about this movie, but just from the title, I'm assuming we're back to racing in some capacity. No, I hope he plays Baccarat. Yeah, I thought it was going to gamble. <laughs> hey, yeah, he goes to the how, Monte how Carlo. How this movie stack up against Star Wars? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> you know, from from my perspective, I'm pretty sure that nothing else happened in 1977 other than Star Wars coming out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this one better be in space. No, they probably didn't anticipate that. Yeah. <laughs> That's when Fast and Furious goes to space when there's a Herbie crossover Whoa. and they both go to space. Oh my God! Yes. Please. 
<laughs> Please have a Herbie cameo. I mean, you know, Fast Nine got delayed. They got enough time to put in a Herbie cameo now. Put that Herbie in. Make it happen. Make it happen. You can you can fake Paul Walker's face. You can fake a Herbie. You can oh. Fake a Herbie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, put a real Herbie. We changed the uh, we changed the car that Dom drives the entire movie into a Herbie the Love Bug <laughs> because fans complained, so- and so we digitally changed it. <laughs> So please reach out to us on social media <laughs> with the hashtag fake a Herbie. Uh, sure. And uh, on that note, you can find us at sequel rights on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook and email us at sequel rights at gmail.com. And please rate and review us on Apple podcasts. I know I make a lot of jokes about it, but it does really help us and we really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of this week's episode. It's time for us to get out of here. Uh, <laughs> And uh, we'll see you guys next week for Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo. See you guys in Monte Carlo. Monte Carlo.